Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. This is the Wikipedia page for Great Stink, part one of two. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe or else you'll be part of the Great Stink. Let's read, shall we? Let's do it. Great Stink. The Great Stink was an event in central London during July and August 1858, in which the hot weather exacerbated the smell of untreated human waste and industrial effluent that was present on the banks of the River Thames. The problem had been mounting for some years with an aging and inadequate sewer system that emptied directly into the Thames. The miasma from the effluent was thought to transmit contagious diseases and three outbreaks of cholera before the Great Stink were blamed on the ongoing problems with the river. The smell and fears of its possible effects prompted action from the national and local administrators who had been considering possible solutions for the problem. The authorities accepted a proposal from the civil engineer Joseph Bazalget to move the effluent eastwards along a series of interconnecting sewers that sloped towards outfalls beyond the metropolitan area. Work on high, mid, and low-level systems for the new northern and southern outfall sewers started at the beginning of 1859 and lasted until 1875. To aid the drainage, pumping stations were placed to lift the sewage from lower levels into higher pipes. Two of the more ornate stations, Abbey Mills and Stratford, and crossness on the Aerith marshes, with agricultural designs from the consultant engineer Charles Driver, are listed for protection by English heritage. Bazalgate's plan introduced the three embankments to London in which the sewers ran, the Victoria, Chelsea, and Albert embankments. Bazalgate's work ensured that sewage was no longer dumped onto the shores of the Thames and brought an end to the cholera outbreaks. His actions are thought to have saved more lives than the efforts of any other Victorian official. His sewer system operates into the 21st century, servicing a city that has grown to a population of over 8 million. The historian Peter Ackroyd argues that Bazalgate should be considered a hero of London. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you avoid the spread of cholera. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. Well, if Basilgate did it, let's find out a little bit more about how it happened. Background. Brick sewers had been built in London from the 17th century when sections of the Fleet and Walbrook rivers were covered for that purpose. In the century preceding 1856, over 100 sewers were constructed in London, and at that date, the city had around 200,000 cesspits and 360 sewers. Some cesspits leaked methane and other gases, which often caught fire and exploded, while many of the sewers were in a poor state of repair. 
During the early 19th century, improvements had been undertaken in the supply of water to Londoners, and by 1858, many of the city's medieval wooden water pipes were being replaced with iron ones. This, combined with the introduction of flushing toilets and the rising of the city's population from just under 1 million to 3 million, led to more water being flushed into the sewers, along with the associated effluent. The outfalls from factories, slaughterhouses, and other industrial activities put further strain on the already failing system. Much of this outflow either overflowed or discharged directly into the Thames. The scientist Michael Faraday described the situation in a letter to the Times in July 1855. Shocked at the state of the Thames, he dropped pieces of white paper into the river to test the degree of opacity. His conclusion was, quote, Near the bridges, the feculents rolled up in clouds so dense that they were visible at the surface, even in water of this kind. The smell was very bad and common to the whole of the water. It was the same as that which now comes up from gully holes in the streets. The whole river was for a time a real sewer. The smell from the river was so bad that in 1857, the government poured chalk lime, chloride of lime, and carbolic acid into the river to ease the stench. The prevailing thought in Victorian healthcare concerning the transmission of contagious diseases was the miasma theory, which held that most communicable diseases were caused by the inhalation of contaminated air. This contamination could take the form of the odor of rotting corpses or sewage, but also rotting vegetation or the exhaled breath of someone already diseased. Miasma was believed by most to be the vector of transmission of cholera, which was on the rise in 19th century Europe. The disease was deeply feared by all because of the speed with which it could spread and its high fatality rates. London's first major cholera epidemic struck in 1831 when the disease claimed 6,536 victims. In 1848-49, to there was a second outbreak in which 14,137 London residents died, and this was followed by a further outbreak in 1853-54, to in which 10,738 died. During the second outbreak, John Snow, a London-based physician, noticed that the rates of death were higher in those areas supplied by the Lambeth at the Southwark and Vauxhall Water Company. In 1849, he published a paper on the mode of communication of cholera, which posited the theory that the waterborne transmission of diseases rather than the miasma theory, little attention was paid to the paper. Following the third cholera outbreak in 1854, Snow published an update to his treatise after he focused on the effects in Broad Street, Soho. Snow had removed the handle from the local water pump, thus preventing access to the contaminated water with a resulting fall in deaths. It was later established that a leaking sewer ran near the well from which the water was drawn. Gross. Very gross. And that's where we're going to end it for today. But get ready, because tomorrow is going to be a lot longer. We've had this on our list of articles to read for a very long time. So I'm excited to go deeper into it. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. I'm sorry that people were drinking poop water in the past. And a lot of them passed away. There's a lot of people. I mean, there were less people during that time. And so, like, a lot of them <laughs> were were dying. Oh my gosh. 
like and that we would... still we still see a lot of problems with clean water supply today all across the world that is true this has been the wikipedia page for great stink part one of two two means poop Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your clean drinking water. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it. 